and welcome back to the podcast. For today's episode, Laura Louise spoke to Afghani LGBTQAI plus activist Basira Behram about the risks our community faces in Afghanistan every day and her experience of moving to Ireland as a refugee. Basira began by introducing herself and telling Laura Louise about her move to Ireland. I am Basira Pairam from Afghanistan. I came to Ireland last year in October. I am Afghan LGBTQI rights activist and also the founder of first official organization for Afghan LGBTQI people. Wow, that's really, really impressive. You're an impressive person. Um, I've read a lot about your activism, so it's a huge honor to have you here today speaking. Thank you so much. Um, so how has it been for you so far being in Ireland? You're coming up to your first year anniversary. Uh, well, uh, when I came to Ireland, uh, I wasn't in uh, good uh, mental health condition because uh, when Afghanistan was uh, took uh, over by Taliban rebellions, it was very hard for me to leave Afghanistan. At the beginning, I didn't have the intention to leave my country because all of my plans, my goals were related to my own country because of my security because of the risk, danger, and all these uh, problems related to my security, I left uh, my homeland and I came to Ireland. It was uh, very hard for me uh, to accept that I left Afghanistan and mm. I came to a new country. For months, I was struggling like my soul was in Afghanistan, but my body was here in uh, Ireland. Uh, as far as uh, adaption is, I think adapting to the situation is uh, one of uh, our nature, human nature. So gradually I accepted that uh, everything has been changed and I'm supposed to start my new life in Ireland uh, and uh, make the Ireland my home. Uh, yeah. That's incredible. I'm really struck by what you said about your soul still being in Afghanistan while your body was here in Ireland. Um, but you're starting to build a life here, it sounds like. How is, what kind of things have you started to do with your days? Uh, well, uh, first of all, I w uh, start looking for a job. And then I start uh, meeting people, making friends. Uh, and uh, I moved to um, a, a house and now I'm thinking to de decorate that. Oh, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... <laughs> Thank you. So you mentioned about the Taliban. Could you tell us, please, about the current situation in Afghanistan for anybody that doesn't know, and especially for LGBTQI plus people um, and women as well? What's going on there? We all are as uh, we, we all are witness that uh, situation in Afghanistan is very tough. People are struggling with poverty, with security. Uh, with uh, healthcare, with all these problems, uh, the current uh, government is not responsive. Uh, they are not providing social welfare for people. They are not providing education, healthcare, uh, any other related uh, primary needs of the people. So it's very hard. 97% of uh, Afghanistan people are uh, in threshold of poverty and uh, hunger. 
uh, international communities or international humanitarian organizations have stopped supporting Afghan people because of the rebellion group who got the control of Afghanistan. So the situation is very tough for Afghanistan people overall, especially for LGBTQI people. It's much tougher because the Taliban are trying uh, to cut anyone who is from LGBT community or supporting LGBTQI people. They think that religiously it's not uh, legal, it's not good to be LGBTQI community, from LGBTQI community, be a gay. Why? Because they think in Islam uh, only male and female exist, not gay people. So if you are gay, they will uh, kill you because you are a homosexual. And uh, the killing will not be uh, as like they are doing with other people. They will try to collapse a wall on them or they will stone in the public. Uh, not only the Taliban are looking uh, to kill LGBTQI people, even the people, the relatives, the neighbors, the friends of LGBT people, they all are standing against them. Even they cannot go out to provide for themselves food. We know that uh, trans women, trans men, their characteristics are shown. So everyone can easily recognize that they are gay. And it's very hard for them to go out to survive. Education, healthcare is very far. Even they cannot afford for themselves food. In one hand, in another hand, uh, the awareness of people is very low about sexual orientation. We have a lot of gay people in Afghanistan who really don't know who they are because they don't have information. So it's incredibly complex. There's the very real and very terrifying actual risk to life um, where a person's life can be ended through violence but then also ways where a person's life can be ended or damaged through not being able to access health care, food, and then all the way through to a person's internal pain for not understanding or knowing who they are because they can't access information. Um, and Basira, you were an activist working with the LGBTI plus community, weren't you? Yes, I am. Uh, sorry, not past tense, present tense. Um, and how was that for you in Afghanistan when the... Um, Taliban started to get power? Yeah, before uh, the Taliban, uh, during the uh, former government, former republic government, however, there wasn't any specific law or regulation which supports LGBTQI people's rights, their identification. But uh, still, there were some opportunities that they could enjoy from their private life. They could do makeup, they could gather with friends, they could they could dance uh, in parties. They could have fun. They could they could work. But now everything has changed. Even the ordinary people cannot work. So for LGBTQ people, it's completely impossible to work, to survive, to have fun. Nothing. So the condition have changed hundred percent in a negative manner. And so quickly as well. Yes. Only just one signature between 
Taliban and U.S. government changed the destiny of more than 30 million people. And do, do you see that change happen instantly or was it a gradual change to the life, the daily life you had or the safety of people? Well, uh, Taliban progress and Taliban uh, empowering process have been start since uh, 2005. Uh, in last two decades, the former government, the former Republic government, uh, during the presidency of Karzai and during the presidency of Ashraf Ghani had a lot of chances to make a sustainable development process, to make a sustainable and uh, uh, very like uh, powerful from grassroots river of the society but they didn't the reason was corruption and also there was problem of uh, all the discrimination based the language based the um, geographical locations of afghanistan based the tribes of afghanistan discrimination against the gender this all uh, corruption and discriminations uh, caused uh, for uh, rapidly collapse of uh, former republic government. So empowering Taliban and collapsing of uh, the former republic government was very gradual and it is started from si 2005. Thank you so much. It's really to hear it from somebody who's from Afghanistan, you know, it's so different to reading it on the news. Um, and so thank you so much for giving that insight, like your personal insight into what that was like. Um, you meant if you're comfortable to talk about it, you mentioned also, um, or sorry, I read also that you were an activist for gender as well. I was wondering what the situation is for women um, or how you found it as a woman being in Afghanistan recently before you left. Uh, before leaving Afghanistan, before uh, Taliban uh, came to power um, in 2018 I founded uh, the first gender committee in Samangan province and uh, that committee was working for uh, women participation in uh, governance and also making the work environment safe place for women especially in governmental uh, officials governmental organizations uh, so uh, this activism, this advocacy process was very effective. Um, moreover, I was advocating for all women of Afghanistan and I represented Afghanistan women in uh, different international platforms, in conferences, uh, uh, in uh, trainings. And um, uh, through the media, I was advocating for women for stopping forced marriage, for stopping... Uh, depriving of Afghanistan women, girls from education and I was advocating for uh, uh, job up more opportunities uh, and also uh, the w work uh, mm, uh, rights for women uh, for them to have job to work uh, to become economically independent That's incredible and it sounds like you had a lot of success in that time before um, you had to leave. What did you experience opposition to the activism for women or was there a lot of support? Well, uh, in Afghanistan, if any woman, uh, any woman stands 
struggles and fights for women's rights, for equality, that's very hard. They really need to start from very, very, like, mm, from the zero point. Because I'm sure any woman who stands for equality in Afghanistan or same to Afghanistan, other Middle East countries, the first people who oppose them, who will try to stop them, they will be the most close one, the closest one. So it's not very easy. There are very less women in Afghanistan who has the support of mm, the people in around for activism, uh, for standing, for fighting, for equality. So of course I faced a lot of obstacles, a lot of problems, but I didn't uh, give up. Even now, uh, especially for my activism for LGBTQI people, um, uh, almost I can say that all of my friends, all of my relatives, all of people I did know from Afghanistan community, they all are against me. Uh, they stopped contact with me. They blocked me. They were using like uh, abusive, <laughs> insulting <laughs> words against me. But uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't take care of that. So uh, I'm keep. Keep. I. I want to keep going ahead for doing what is right for doing what is uh, good for equality for human rights for a better future of uh, humanity especially for the people who need the most from uh, LGBTQI community of Afghanistan who really need the support so I will do what is the right and I won't stop that even if there are a lot of s uh, obstacles but I won't stop how do you keep going when your activism is supporting and helping so many people, but there's such a high price for, you know, being blocked by your friends, your family, having to move across the world? How do you keep going? Uh, honestly, it wasn't easy. Even now, it's not easy. It's very, very hard. But what uh, really gives me the energy to keep standing and to keep going forward is my enthusiasm uh, for equality, for equal right for all human, especially the people who need the most support. So that enthusiasm is uh, making me to keep going ahead. You are an activist to your very core, it sounds like. <laughs> Thank you. Um, when we were preparing for this, you mentioned that um, something you'd like to talk about is also the refugee experience, um, that it's important to remember not just the people who are still in Afghanistan, but all the Afghans who had to leave in the last year. Um, what would you like to say on that? Well, I'm in contact with a lot of Afghan LGBTQI people uh, who became refugee in Western countries or in neighboring countries of Afghanistan. Among them, there are uh, many uh, LGBTQI people of Afghanistan who have been evacuated uh, uh, by advocacy of our organization, Afghan LGBT, uh, and by our support. Uh, so uh, it's very hard for them because uh, they are supposed to uh, they are supposed to start uh, the life from zero. Depression, loneliness, uh, language, new language, new culture. Uh, new food, uh, new lifestyle, everything is very hard for them to handle. Uh, so we are trying to support them. 
by giving them advices through our organization by talking to them so yeah it just blows my mind that you're saying we are trying to support them while you're going through that yourself like you are one of the people who's going through that so how incredible um and then about building a new life in a new country what do you think of um the situation for lgbti plus people in ireland well i can say that and i found the ireland a paradise for gay people honestly because the government uh, has specific uh, policy strategy for uh, gay people the government is supportive so it's amazing when officially the government supports LGBT people uh, moreover activism of uh, LGBT community is amazing it's it's really great and the people are supportive they have good education they have great awareness about uh, gay people about their rights about respecting them uh, however uh, we have a lot of positive points but still i think uh, it's not enough there should be a lot of things done uh, because recently there was uh, an issue about uh, mm, an opposition uh, regarding the participation of a trans woman in one of the sports so uh, it means that uh, still there should be done a lot of things about uh, the trans uh, rights because trans rights are human rights Absolutely. Trans rights are human rights. And there has also been an increase in violence against our, the LGBTQ plus community this year. Um, we've seen definitely um, echoes of, I always feel like that um, um, sometimes actions in Ireland get influenced by things that are happening in the US. And as all the bills, the uh, like anti-queer and anti-trans bills and legislation have come in around the country, I see that that seems to coincide with an increase in violence and kind of anger and hatred towards the, towards the community here. I do have a lot of faith in Ireland, though, and the people to stand up. I think it's really important that even though we have so much here that we don't become complacent because unfortunately we should get to be complacent. We should get, get to live our lives as a happy, safe people um but unfortunately if we become complacent these things start to creep in so you said there's still work to be done what do you think we could keep doing here to ensure our safety and that ireland is a paradise for gay people well uh, i think uh, whenever a human being thinks that it's enough i think that's the point of the death and the point of the point of finishing everything so that would be great that if the Ireland people, Ireland uh, LGBTQI community and activists thinks that it's not enough. Even if Ireland is a paradise when we compare it with other countries, but still it's not absolute paradise. So there should be a lot of things done. Stopping activism or thinking that it's enough would be very horrifying because everything could be go backwards in a blink of eye as it's happening in the USA. So really, really the activists, the LGBTQI activist people in Ireland, the organizations should keep going ahead, should 
update the their uh, awareness advocacy plans and goals they should exit it exit all of them to improve it to make uh, the society more safe place for gay people I agree thank you so much Vasira and like you said the blink of an eye like what ha- what's happened in Afghanistan as well um, so it really sh- we've seen a lot of examples in this year and towards the end of last year about how things can change so quickly um, and that's not to put the fear in anybody um, but to encourage people to keep being an activist where possible and there's lots of different types of activism um, I'm not great for things like protesting and, thi- and stuff like that but I think you can be a quiet activist you can be an activist by showing support and visibility by being an ally by educating yourself and being able to have conversations there's lots of different types of activism and speaking of educating ourselves what ways or do you have any suggestions for how people in Ireland um, could educate ourselves about our LGBTQ plus family in Afghanistan and in countries where the situation isn't as good as here and how we can learn learn more and also support our, our family in different countries too yeah, mm, I think uh, supporting uh, uh, LGBT community will be st- will be it would be uh, great if they start from their families by supporting their gay mm, kids, gay child. So uh, moreover, uh, they can participate to the programs of uh, awareness or advocacy for uh, trans people, for gay people, by organizations. And also standing with them in case there is any problem or challenge against them in the society. Even if uh, that problem be very small, but still supporting the equality, standing for equality is very appreciated. And that's really needed the most in our society. Thank you so much. I just have a few questions about mental health. Um, it's you know, I know something you're very passionate about. And the first thing you mentioned when we started here as well, um, there are at the moment a lot of people seeking asylum in the country. I think I read an article the other day where it was 43,000 people, I think, at the moment. So maybe somebody will be listening here and relating to what you were saying about people that have had to build a new life and get used to everything, including friends, a language, food, um. Do you have any tips for anybody who might be going through that right now on um, way resilience, maybe um, ways to keep going um, to protect their mental health? Any suggestions? Well, this is what I'm struggling myself, but mm-hmm. I still mm, I usually read psychological books and uh, I try to update myself more about <laughs> solutions, how to handle with stress, with anxiety and mental health issues. Uh, what I found helpful for myself is taking deep breaths, uh, walking, mm, visiting new places and uh, sometimes uh, listening to music, doing a meditation, uh, eating healthy food, uh, hanging out with friends. If uh, uh, some of them do not have friends like me, they can uh, be more social and make uh, new friends because uh, it's not easy, but still they can 
uh, keep going uh, visiting new people using some apps so uh, yeah by that uh, i think it will be great and it, it will be more helpful for them uh, the most important thing i would like to mention about the people who are struggling with mental health issues after becoming refugees that uh, accepting what happened and accepting that uh, some things and some points of our life story is finished and we should accept and move on for new upcoming events in our life for the new chapter of our life accepting and moving on thank you thank you so much Basira and I guess my last question would be about what do you hope for with your life in Ireland I hope uh, I will keep uh, my activism <laughs> going on and uh, I would love to be a good uh, resident for Ireland government for Irish people and I'd love to uh, serve my energy my skills for making a better place for making uh, positive change in Ireland because Ireland is my home now and this is one of my goals uh, in Ireland and for Ir Irish people and um, honestly and sincerely I am really thankful from Ireland government and Irish people for accepting for being the host of uh, refugees around the world who have been through toughest days of their life in their own country thank you so much uh, for having us for supporting us well, i feel like we're very lucky to have you here in ireland basira and i feel like we've been very lucky to have you here on the podcast thank you so very much thank you so much for the amazing program thank you Olivia. so basira now you're going to read us an afghani poem Yes, uh, this poem is about uh, my homeland, uh, Afghanistan, um, the problems that uh, refugees, especially Afghan refugees, face when they leave their country, their homeland, Afghanistan. So, yeah, uh, I will start. Thank you. <coughs> Thank you. به آشیانه گشتم خانه به خانه گشتم به تو همیشه با غم شانه به شانه گشتم عشقی یگانه من از تو نشانه من به تو نمک نداره شعر و ترانه من سرزمین من خسته خسته از جفای سرزمین من به سرود و به صدای سرزمین من دردمند به دوای سرزمین من سرزمین من کی غم تو را سرود سرزمین من Thank you 
تو وفا نمود سرزمین من ماه و ستاره من راه دوباره من در همه جا نمیشه به تو گزاره من گنج تو را بودم از بر اشرف خود قلب تو را شکسته هر کی به نوبت خود سرزمین من خسته خسته از جفای سرزمین من به سرود و به صدای سرزمین من درد مند به دوای سرزمین من سرزمین من مثل چشم انتظار سرزمین من مثل دشت پرغبار سرزمین من مثل قلب داغدار سرزمین من Thank you. Thank you, Basira. Do you want a hug? I hope one day there will be peace all over the world. And I hope one day all the companies which are manufacturing guns, weapons, they will be banned. And we, we should stop them. In case we do not stop those companies, war will will be going <laughs> around the world. If we stop it in one point, in another point, the war will begin. As it's happening in Ukraine, so there is not any doubt it might start in another country. In case the weapon and gun manufacturers be not stopped. If they be stopped, there will be peace. People will be saving their homelands and no one will be willing to leave their homeland. No one will leave their country, their family, their home. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for listening and we would like to say a special thank you to Prasir for speaking with us for this episode. Dublin Lesbian Line is a support service for the LGBTQAI community in Ireland. DLL is run by volunteers and relies heavily on voluntary contributions, so we would greatly appreciate any financial support you can offer. Before we go, we want to say a big thank you to our super talented musician, Chris Gapehart, for writing the new theme music of Women's Star. And we want to thank Dublin Pride as well for sponsoring season two of Women's Star. And lastly, if you like the podcast, please spread the word. Thank you for listening and see you next time.